Hello. Good morning. How is everyone today? Good. Uh, let me take my ear out so I can hear you. Good morning. Oh, there you are. <laughs> I forgot to take my ear out so I could hear you. So I'm so glad to see everyone here. It's been a great morning worshiping here so far. We have had just a beautiful time with the Lord this morning. And I tell you, I am just excited to see what he's going to do today. We have so many reasons to praise him, and I'm just so thankful. So you people at home, we know you're there. We are excited that you're with us. We want you to grab some crackers and some juice while you've got some time, because we're going to do communion together, and we want you guys to be part of that. So if anyone didn't get um, communion cup, you can raise your hand. I think they were passing them out just a few minutes ago, or you can grab one off the back tables. And then you can dispose of them in these little baggies when you're done. So that way we can just pick them up and throw them in the trash. And then also just to remind you, we have the prayer card sitting out on your seat. If you have a prayer request or a praise to report, please fill this out. We want to pray for you. We take this serious. We know God hears our prayers. He answers us. We want to know the answers too when they come in because they always come in. And um, then you can put them in the offering plate. You can bring them to me at the end of the service, whichever you like. You'll also notice this new prayer sheet that's on your sheet or on your seat. And um, this is for you to use for um, your own prayer life. So you can take it home and um, then you can see how God answers it. It's always so neat to look back in a prayer journal and see what God's been doing. And um, not to forget because sometimes we forget those things. So... Let's all stand together, everyone at home. Let's get on your feet, and we are going to do some praising because this morning we have a wonderful God to praise. Waiting for the day when 
Welcome. We're glad you're here. Hey, we've got some background music in our ears, guys. If you can turn that off, that'd be great. And uh, thank you so much. That's helpful. Let's pray, guys. Let's welcome the Holy Spirit here. It's all about him, right? Lord Jesus, thank you for being here this morning. Lord, we have already enjoyed your presence, Father. We know that you have a wonderful morning planned, and I pray that our hearts will anticipate you today. I pray that your spirit feels welcome here by your people. And Lord, I pray that we will just give everything that we've got to you. Lord, we love you so much, and we want you in this place. So feel free to move here, Holy Spirit. We love you, and we thank you for all you're going to do this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Shame is a prison as cruel as the grave. Shame is a robber and he's come to take my name. Oh, love is my redeemer, lifting me up from the ground. Love is the power where my freedom song is found. There ain't no grave. Gonna hold my body down. There ain't no grave. Gonna hold my body down. When I hear that trumpet sound, I'm gonna rise up out of the ground. There ain't no grave Gonna hold my body down 
have a big God. It's awesome. I want to read the scripture to you. This is where we find that God, one of his names is El Haya. means God of my life. How cool is that? God of my life. And he says, but each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me and through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. How awesome is that? Isn't that so great that we can call on him? We know that. He's so wonderful. So we have a couple new songs. God's just been laying on my heart so much to just praise him for who he is. There is nothing that we need to worry about if we just praise who he is. He will take care of the details, no matter how hard they are. So I wanted to read this chorus to you guys as we teach it to you this morning. It says, make way through the waters. Walk me through the fire. Do what you are famous for. Shut the mouths of lions. Bring dry bones to life. And do what you're famous for. What you're famous for. Isn't that awesome? Thank you. 
Oh, he's so good. You know, last week I was gone. And if you guys get tired, feel free to sit down. You don't have to stay on the whole time. You can stand up and sit down as, as the spirit leads. But um, last week I was out of town. I'm so thankful Eric could fill in for me so I could be at my cousin's funeral. It was really special. And I was able to worship at a different church. And it's so neat to think that we're all worshiping at the same time today. And around the world, it's different times. And we're all raising praises to Jesus. We all have different circumstances. And he hears every one of your voices. He hears your heart's cry. He knows exactly what's going on. And he's in control of it all. And he's not going to disappoint. Because he always works it out perfectly according to his plan. So it's something we can totally sit in and just trust him. And I love the fact that we have a God that loves us that much. And that through it all, he's already overcome, right? He's already victorious. And we have that same victory through him. So we're going to sing about that too. This is the next song that we're going to teach you this week. We'll do them again next week so they'll be more familiar. And, um, but this chorus is, I am going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. And he always keeps his promises. So I want you guys to soak this up. Just let the Holy Spirit minister to your heart. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. Darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. Cause my God, He will never fail. Oh, my God will never fail. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Jesus, every war he wages, he will win. 
what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good.
all stand and sing that one more time. blessing, Lord. Oh, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for meeting us here. Lord, I pray that our offerings of our hearts have been pleasing to you. The fact that we get to come into your throne room welcomed, that you have a big smile on your face when we walk in, and that you're happy to see us, even when we can only groan, you are so happy we're there. I never, ever want to forget that or take it for granted. This is a special time with you, Lord, and this is for you. Thank you for allowing us to worship you, Jesus. We love you. And as we continue with this service, Lord, I just pray that you will just pour through Scott. Jesus, I pray you will anoint him, that he will just be covered in your spirit, Jesus. That you'll open our hearts up and we'll be teachable to you. That we won't be watching our clocks. That we'll be so engaged with your spirit that we just don't want to leave. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Things that I want to go over with you. This Wednesday night, does anybody know what it is? Prayer night. <laughs> it is prayer night. It has been such a rich time, and God is just moving so much, and we are just so grateful that he allows us a personal contact point with him, that we get to bring you to his feet. We had prayer cards from this end of the stage to this end here, and we laid hands on all of them and called you out by name, and we prayed hard. We stormed the gates of heaven, and it was awesome. And uh, I want to encourage you to come. I really want to encourage you to come because it is a sweet time. It is worth that time to be there, and we are just so excited. It's like a big old warm blanket to see how God just comes in and swoops down and takes over. So we want to invite you. Make sure that you're there. Don't forget your prayer cards to send those. You can also send me an email if you have something during the week because we take it serious, and it will be confidential if you need to keep it confidential, so don't worry about that. 
We will make sure it stays that way, but want to encourage you to be there. So um, the other thing that we want to make sure that you're aware of is our next movie night. These are starting to be, I mean, they're fun anyway, but they're really starting to be a lot of fun. And the next movie that we're going to see is Overcomer. And um, it is a wonderful movie, so, so good. And so that is going to be on the 27th. It's a Friday night. And uh, we will start uh, concessions at 6.30. And the movie starts at 7. And then there's trivia afterwards for prizes. And it's just a lot of really good fellowship. We just have a really great time together. So we're excited about that. So I wanted to make sure you start marking that in on your calendar. And then... Um, now we're going to take our tithes and offerings. So I just want to do something a little different with you guys this morning. If, if um, Bernie and Frank and Bonita and Cliff, if you guys would come on down, grab the plates or over here. Um, I'm going to give you guys just a few moments just to thank the Lord for, for what he's doing in your life, for how he's providing for you, for how he's taking care of you. And then, um, then I'll close out. But I just want to give you a minute. Let's just go to the feet of Jesus and just thank him for what he's doing. Lord, I thank you for this time with you. I thank you, Lord, for your provision. Lord, I pray that uh, you will just take this offering and use it for your kingdom, however you see fit. I pray you'll multiply it, Jesus. And I thank you for taking care of us the way that you do all the time. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. If you didn't have caffeine yet, you're awake now. <laughs> Good morning. How are we doing today? I heard one good. All right. That's okay if you're not good. Uh, I took the youth yesterday to Waterworld, so um, I'm doing okay so far. I'm not, I'm not as crispy as I thought I would be, the only good thing to come from the smoke in the air was, was keeping the sunburns away. But we had fun with the youth there in Denver. That was the NYI gathering of all of churches in Colorado. We came together, fellowshiped. They connected with friends they'd met at camp, and so it was a good time. But uh, I'm excited to be here with you guys today. Today, our central text will be from the book of John. I think we have my title slide back there. Um, I wanted to continue a conversation that was started a few weeks ago, uh, a sermon given by Pastor Jim Christie. Uh, he got us to my very favorite verse. John 10.10 10 is my favorite verse. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Life abundantly is what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to get into the second half of that sheep and shepherd pass, passage there in John 10. We'll get back to that here in a little bit. Um, but I do want to look today at what it means to have 
Jesus' abundant life in our lives. What is it? What does it mean to have the Father or the Spirit infuse our lives with his abundant life? And today, I really want to be able to get through a through line of of the ways that he shows up and the ways that he has given his abundant life throughout Scripture. Where do we see this miraculous spring of life come to us that we can read about in his word? So some of these are the things we'll be exploring today. Some of you know that I'm a designer as well. I've always been intrigued with um, design and symmetry and what makes something work visually. Uh, At Southern Nazarene University, I studied a multidisciplinary degree of graphic design, psychology, and philosophy. And when I tell people that, yeah, yeah, they say that's, that's the most random degree I've ever heard in my life. And you're not wrong if you were to say that. I call the multidisciplinary degree the ADD degree because you don't know kind of what you're doing there. Um, But at one point I tried to get that combination of degrees to be entitled aesthetics. And if you've heard that word, it's actually a faction of philosophy to answer questions like, why is it we think certain things are beautiful or good? Why is it that uh, we might be magnetized to something that is what we call beautiful or good. But then God came along and uh, called me into ministry in a very inconvenient time in my life to be called into ministry in the junior year in college. So um, that was what he did. And... But God's not in the business of being convenient, is he? Any amens out there for that? And that's okay, because from then I began my studies of theology and worked to becoming eventually ordained in the Church of the Nazarene. But my studies in theology and searching for the truth about God kind of gave me a little bit of those answers to the questions I had already asked with my aesthetics degree, never did actually become the, the degree name, so oh well. But the questions like, why is it we think certain things are beautiful or good? And a simplistic answer is that, well, but it's true, God made them that way. In God's nature, it is good and beautiful because he made it that way. But a big part of the equation is us. We are his creation. We are created by him, and we are his image bearers. What he has deemed good, if we know him, we will know to be good as well. We are his image bearers. Let's get to our first verse today, starting from the very top. Genesis 1, 26 through 27 says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Since we are his creation and made in his image, We can be inspired by him, 
right? Inspired by his beauty and creation, by his spirit that is at work in the world. Because we receive his beauty in a lot of different ways, and it can come to us in a variety of different inspirations in our life. I want us all to take a moment, if you need to close your eyes, but to think about the last time that you felt truly, deeply inspired. Think about the last time that you felt crazy passionate about something. It might take some thinking back, and that's fine. And now if you could do one more thing for me and take a big, deep breath for me. Perfect. Here's a fun fact. Did you know that the word inspiration can be used interchangeably with inhalation? Just breathing. Breathing in and being inspired. The Hebrew word for spirit is also the same word for breath. Ruach. Say it. Ruach. Doesn't it kind of sound like a breathy kind of sound, right? Inspiration, inhalation, spirit, and breath. His breath is our life. In many more ways than just saying life. His breath is our inspiration. A couple weeks back, Pastor Joel talked to us about God's holy breath breathed into the valley of the dry bones. God told Ezekiel to prophesy over these bones and he would do the work. And God breathed his holy breath that made the dry bones come alive. If his breath can make a valley of dry bones come alive as an army, what do you think it can do for your life? We can't even imagine the inspiration. We can't imagine the new life that he can breathe into us. This is the same breath that was breathed life into the first human, into Adam. Just a chapter later from when he made mankind in his image, Genesis 2, verse, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. This life is a type of life that can only come from the Holy Spirit. All of the other created animals were just created. They were just created. But only humans were breathed this life into. We receive his life in the ways he intended. Because we are made in his image. That we are recipients to his breath. His spirit. We can receive it because he created us to, but in some ways that we must choose it, we have to discern it. We can receive God's breath of life today, much like what happens in the John chapter 10 with the sheep hearing the voice of their shepherd. This is the way his sheep, his followers, can recognize him by knowing it's their leader, their guider, and their shepherd. So let's take a look today at John 10, 10 through 16. It's probably pretty small, but follow along. 
The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and, lo- and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when this, he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the flock attacks. When the wolf attacks the flock, it scatters it. Man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Have we been yearning for his voice in our lives? Have we been running after that voice to not mistake it for another? We are in confusing times. We are in contentious times. We can be thrown every which way by different voices that would have our attention. But we need to listen to his voice. Because the bottom line is his voice is a life giving voice it's life-giving his life his word what do these things have to do with each other jesus talked about this when he was tempted by satan in the desert matthew 4 1 through 4 says then jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after fasting 40 days and 40 nights he was hungry The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. God's voice is a life-giving voice. His word is life-giving. Here is Satan Tempting Jesus to satisfy his natural desire to stay alive, to eat bread, to keep on breathing. And we all need the essentials to be alive. But here is Jesus outlining that we need more than that. The word of God is what truly sustains us. In this passage, Jesus is quoting scripture from the Old Testament. Jesus is referencing the story of the Israelites in the desert. So let's take a look at that really quick. We'll jump back to Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 5. The passage that Jesus is referencing here. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger And then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out. Your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Jesus is in the desert, referencing when the Israelites were in the desert. Jesus was being tempted to make bread, and he references when the Israelites were tempted to gather more than their fair share of the holy bread from heaven, to to gather more of manna than they needed. But Jesus is sure to make the point that our needs to live do not end with our daily bread. 
They may start there, but they don't end there. It is the word of God, the divine logos, that sustains us. His word breathed or inspired into us is how we truly live. And you can also say his life breathed or inspired into us is how we truly live. His word, his breathed life, they give us life. Once again, looking through the scriptures of references of his abundant life, let's look now at John 1. John sets the scene for who Jesus is. John 1, 1 through 4, and 14 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. In him was life, and that life was the light of mankind, all mankind. Jesus came and said he was to be, to give life and life abundantly. But here we are, living life. And a lot of times life doesn't seem abundant, does it? I don't need to list off the myriad of ways that we can have life eat and erode at us until we feel depleted and worn down. You know the list. Many of us are left asking, where is this abundant life? How do I tap into this? Today I want to look at three practical ways we can tap into Jesus' abundant life, or know that it's there, and, and, and access it. Three ways that, tap, that play into the timeline of past, present, and future. First, Jesus' abundant life gives us freedom from the past. I don't think I've met anyone in my, in my life that's my age or older and, and had a real, authentic connection with them and heard them share from an honest place and not heard from them about some type of pain that had been inflicted on them, some type of hurt, some type of reason for mistrust, some type of deeply entrenched issue. And that's just from what could be done to us. There's also a long list of things that we've done to others, actions that we struggle to feel forgiven for, our own hurtful words and actions Secret sins, they, they can all add up like a bag of bricks slung on our back. Maybe there's people that haven't forgiven us. Maybe there's people who continue to remind us of our mistakes. We all deal with how the past affects our present. But guess what, guys? In Christ, you are no longer as good as what you have or haven't done. In Christ... There is no condemnation. Romans 8, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. The Spirit who gives life, no condemnation. That sounds pretty refreshing to me. 
There's more to this story. Let's look now at how Jesus' abundant life gives us power for the present. His abundant life is inherently transformative. We want to ask and see how is this life at work in us? Well, it's if we see less of us and more of him. Let's look at John 3. John the Baptist, when people asked who he was, said this in response to that. No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you, I am not the Messiah. I'm only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride and the best man simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. He must become greater. I must become less. John the Baptist wasn't saying this in some type of unassuming way. He wasn't some type of all shucks guy. He was walking around in the wilderness with camel hair and eating wild locusts and honey and all that stuff. I don't see that kind of a guy. The guy who's just like kicking the dirt saying, I guess I'll go talk to that crowd. No, he wasn't like that. But he knew exactly who he was in relation to the Christ. Exactly who he was in relation to Jesus, the Messiah. My brother wrote a song lyric. It's, it's simple. I always keep it with me. And it goes like this. It's, it says, I know who holds tomorrow, and I know it's never me. I think we need daily probably more like hourly reminders of who we are in relation to him. Who we are in relation to God, constantly as a reminder. Guys, Jesus' power for today enters when we allow him to grow greater and greater, and we become less and less. An issue was bothering me this week, and I... uh, I eventually can sense in myself the progression of pride to frustration to anger. When I realized this in myself, I just kind of had to stop. And I just came to this one thought and phrase of a prayer. I just prayed over and over again. I said, empty me of me, Lord, and fill me with you over and over again. This wasn't a cure-all. This wasn't magic. But it reminded me that I am a temple for the Holy Spirit, that I can have his life in me. I can have his breath and spirit in me. And my pride and anger does not reside when his spirit is present. Amen? Allowing me to be less and him to be more. This isn't a loss of identity at all. It's the opposite. We're becoming more of who we've been created to be when it's less of us and more of him. We are the image bearers only. He's the creator. One of my favorite lyrics from a guy named Aaron Weiss in a song called Messes of Men, he writes, if ever you came near, I'll hold up high a mirror. Lord, I could never show anything as beautiful as you. Empty ourselves of us and allow his spirit to take over. 
But in what ways are we blocking him? In what ways is our pride putting up walls, not allowing his spirit to enter our own lives? If we want his spirit to restore, we must be willing to surrender. Search our hearts, O God. Reveal to us what grieves you. By your power, we want to submit what displeases you to you so that you can enter and take over. Jesus' abundant life comes to us also as hope for the future. I came across this quote researching this sermon this week. It says, every man I know is haunted by his past, but every man I know is also in some way anxious about the future. Too often we are living in the pain of the past or in the anxiety for the future. A lot of times our past or future can distract us from our present mission of building God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. When I don't check myself and my eyes aren't fixated on Jesus, I find that anxiety for the future creeps in. Don't let anything but God decide how you view the future. Let him influence your hope for the future because the future is bright. Because the battle for life has already been fought and won. Amen? I'm sure most of us know what life is like when we have a renewed hope for the future. When the horizon looks bright, every, it affects everything about our lives, right? It feels like new life. It feels like abundant life. When we become less and he becomes more, it affects our hope for the future, does it not? We need to learn to lay our anxiety for the future at the foot of the cross. To surrender our past, present, and future to him and let him change our outlook for the future. If I could for a moment, one more time, step back into my designer brain for a little bit. I want you guys to see something that I saw. Um, Sorry to ruin this for you guys, but the stage is not actually symmetrical with the whole gym. Sorry to say that. Sorry to Put that cat out of the bag, but let's take the stage for a moment. Where do your eyes go naturally? Unfortunately, I'm, I'm central here, but I want to step out of the way, and this might be in the way. But where your eyes might go naturally to centered, and maybe this is just me because I'm biased because I'm a drummer, but I feel like my eyes go to the drum, the bass drum. Ah, there we go. Yeah, I'm not alone. The bass drum has our church's logo there right in the center, and it's contrasted nicely to the black, and we have Woodland Life Church represented in letters. If you take it even one step further, even more central is the green L for life, and the green was intentional because it represents growth and, and life within God's created nature, but this word life Capital L, we're talking about eternal and we're talking about abundant life. Jesus, that Jesus came for. I have come that you may have life 
and life to the full. This life is at the center of what we're about here. So will you take part in this mission of Woodland Life Church? Build his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven to allow his life to enter you, his breath and his spirit to enter you, to allow you to become smaller and he to become greater and to bring as many along on this ride as we can. Glory and the worship team could come on up. We need his abundant life. We need his freedom from the past. We need his power for the present, and we need his hope for the future. I'd like to enter a time of prayer here before we take communion together. Feel free to come if you wish and bring your communion cup. If you feel like you've been depleted, worn down, if you haven't got a chance to grab it yet, there are baskets on tables in the back there for more communion cups. Let's enter into a time of prayer together. Lord, too often we can feel depleted worn down and our life looks nothing like something that is a wellspring bubbling over and over of your abundant life. Give us the courage to surrender, Lord. Give us the courage to allow for us to become smaller and you to become greater how you have intended this life thing to go. It's how you intended for all of this to happen when you made us in your image. We thank you for the life that can come if we open the door for you. I pray for someone now that doesn't know your life that wants it someone that might be listening that wants to open the doors to their heart that you've been knocking at we all could use your abundant life Lord that someone might be needing it fresh and new every day Thank you for your power at work in this place, Lord. You know all of the issues at play. I pray that your spirit and your breath falls fresh on this place. We can experience your abundant life in an amazingly inspiring way. Today, we get a chance to take a sacrament that represents the door that was opened to us for this abundant life. Life that came from death, the death of our Savior on a cross. We do this sacrament in remembrance of Him. If you could take your communion cup and be sure 
to peel back only the clear cellophane on top, not the purple lid, and get to the wafer. On the night at which he was betrayed, he took bread and gave thanks, broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ, broken for you. Let it preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you. back the lid likewise when the supper was over he took the cup gave thanks gave it to his disciples and said drink from it all of you this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins do this in remembrance of me the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ shed for you let it preserve you blameless unto everlasting life Drink this in remembrance that Christ died for you and drink it. Amen.
Lord, we are in awe of your power that's at work in this world and can be at work in every life represented here. We need your abundant life. We need your word to sustain us. We need your word to give us life again. We pray that this is a place that the Spirit feels welcome, that we can knock down the walls in our lives that we've built up, keeping you out. I pray we have the courage to do some wall breaking down this week. Let you invade our souls, invade our lives with your life-giving spirit. And this week as we go, Lord, be with us. Let us be life-givers to others. And let us be about your life at Woodland Life Church. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Zephyroni, I'm still on. Sing in vain tonight. May the world.